Hello? One? Two? Is this thing on? Great. What's up? I'm Powerfuse, a retired goblin sapper in Warcraft Arclight Rumble. Someone paid me to tell you about this channel, Arclight Insights, and I never say no to money. These guys have podcasts, guides, interviews, PvP tournaments, you name it. <laughs> You've got what you need here. All those marvelous creations are engineered by the folks at the explosive Prisoners of War Guild. So, if you like their mumbo jumbo, subscribe to the channel. <laughs> I did. I might even like it. Well, gotta go. Time is money, friend. Keep it real. Hello and welcome to Arclight Insights Podcast and Episode 11. Thank you for joining us today. And today here we have myself, Gargora, and we have Spanner and Trixie. Trixie, how's your week been? You know, it's been a pretty good week. Had a uh, nice three-day work week, took a day off, plus the vacation day. So, you know, pr pretty hard to complain when you only, you know, work a very short week and then the weekend's back again. So, yeah, it was a very good week. How about you, Spanner? Nice streaming. Nice to see new guildies coming to stream. I'll put in the descriptions some of their uh, Twitch links, by the way, for you guys to have more content to follow about the game. Not very good at work. It was a bit of a crappy week at work, but we're not here to talk about that. And uh, yeah, you know, just the, the regular stuff. What about you, Gora? How, how was your, your week? Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, got the uh, sheep work that we needed done, and rest of the week was sort of just spent doing maintenance jobs around the place, so we got some bit of free time. Uh, we had some nice wet weather come in last two days before the weekend. So that soaked everything up again, making it uh, nice and muddy again. And this week we'll be talking uh, about sort of two topics which intertwine into each other. Uh, we'll start off with, is the game going to be pay to win on release? And will they change how the game is monetized? And what the community is saying their thoughts speculation stuff like that and we'll jump into some ranked or pvp and how ranked will work and what we'd like to see in that sort of regard as well and how that may or may not tie into pay to win aspects so off the bat uh there's seems to be a lot of speculation around that blizzard will be changing the monetization of uh warcraft i like arc light rumble on release and making it pay to win this is definitely a valid fear based on history of other blizzard products and what other companies have also done with mobile gaming and how mobile gaming is always seen as pay to win a lot more so than pc or console is yeah so for sure we have been seeing some conversations in uh, in the main discord about this subject uh yeah we have done in the past an episode is arclight rumble pay to win i believe is our episode number one after the episode zero which was the our introductions um this is a kind of like a updated version of it personally i still maintain my same opinions and if anything by play, having opportunity now to play better which i didn't have any at the time I can see even more arguments why the game is very uh, free-to-play friendly. But maybe before I go too much into detail into it, I'm just going to say I'm, I still think the game is very free-to-play friendly. And I do not believe that they will be using horrible predatory tactics to change the monetization later down the line to prey on people. But obviously, who am I? I don't have any real insights into these meetings or anything like that so it's only like my gut reaction but before i go into much detail into why i think like this maybe i will let trixie give us his overall uh, thoughts about the subject i really don't think i'm trying to remember you know ten thousand years ago when we did the first episode we talked about it but right now i really don't think it can really Obviously, it can be pay to win, but for a game like this, it can't be that pay to win. You know, you can pay 
you know, let's just say they add, you can buy more gold a week or add more of the tomes in the store to get more experience, okay? You've progressed through the campaign a little bit quicker. That's not super bad on a, in a, in a game that's not highly competitive, especially in PvP right now. You can have all your units level 50. In PvP, everyone's units are the exact same level. You literally cannot pay to win in PvP, no matter what. Yeah, you can get, you know, talents, but I've seen teams in PvP that have been the base teams with a little bit of luck, good positioning, and strategy. You could probably win with a talentless team. So PvP is not super heavy pay to win. The only concerning aspect of pay to win is when the game, you know, releases, we have raids, we have people going for the server first, servers, world first on the on the raids, you know. That is where it starts to get into sketchy where they have to balance, you know, what you can get weekly or monthly. Or the biggest concern I think people are having is that they remove the cap of what you can buy. Because at that point, you could, you know, drop a load of money, buy the entire every talent in the store. And then what's going to come up besides XP tome or the XP gems? and just the flat XP for units, that's where the big pay-to-win concern comes. But other than that, on the worst-case scenario, there's really no other bad scenarios I see. I think the question here is, did I want to go for maximum profit, or do I want to try and redeem some good PR? I think that's sort of what it will come down to. I guess it depends on how they want the game to go, how they want it to be, you know, one of those BlizzCon PvP events or maybe some other event for like how Hearthstone has their battlegrounds, just, you know, an additional game mode event that they can bring more people into and what goes on. That's, I didn't really play obviously a ton of Diablo Immortal, but I know it's been a bit of a mess. So I don't know if that was something maybe they had a BlizzCon ideas for, and that's also obviously kind of dissolved. Um, there are some games, you know, like Pokemon Go is another phone game that they have the PvP championships. So there's a lot of different ways they can go with it, but the way the beta is going now, it obviously looks very hopeful. But obviously time will tell as things change. They could also just go the route where they just go straight in and like, you know, monetization stays the same, but we decided to keep the game fun, but we need to make money. So here's a thousand hats you can buy for Jaina, which I think a lot of people would, would enjoy. Um, I was just thinking back to a video earlier, a few months ago that I saw uh, reacted to, and it was by a guy, uh, Rex Anturax, I think that's how you say it. And he got into, I think, like, he played Diablo Immortal in Alpha and Beta. And he was explaining the differences between Alpha and Beta 2 for release and how the monetization changed. So, there is the possibility that it could change, of course. Um, it's just whether they want such bad press release, I think, around another game of theirs doing this or is this going to be like what people would call like an old school blizzard game where it's more you know you buy the game and you get to play the game that's sort of it um because this is a fully as far as you know it's fully developed just blizzard solely it's not a joint project between blizzard and another company well so they've done it before with games that they didn't essentially have super pay to win like i'm just i'm trying to go through the blizzard ips real quick in my head uh here's the storm wasn't pay to win starcraft wasn't pay to win diablo 3 currently isn't pay to win we don't talk about the auction house situation hearthstone's obviously a trading card game so that's that's the concept you're buying cards i can't really argue on that one um overwatch really isn't pay to win and you can make an argument for Warcraft itself because you can buy gold um, in-game with the token system. But the majority of them really aren't pay-to-win. Really, it kind of just ended up being immortal and technically Hearthstone. 
So the, the, they have a, a decent track record, weirdly enough. Go in and add cosmetics to the game. I don't have a problem with that at all. Give us like skins for our barracks and towers in the game. Um, potentially different looks for minis, but that's sort of straying into area of um, being fuzzy due to unit recognition, especially in high level PvP. I know that was something that was talked about in Warcraft 3 Reforged when they changed some of the units a little bit too much from their original and it caused uh, that some of the some issues with the top top players in Warcraft 3 um, to have to learn to re-recognize the units in their new form with their new like different colors and stuff like that. No, and that's a completely valid concern. This was a very this you know, this was many many years ago, back when Dota 2 really started pushing a lot of more cosmetics, and a big conversation and the center of a lot of memes at the time were you know glance value. If you look at it quickly, do you know exactly what it is? And then over time, I don't know if it was complacency or Valve just realizing they can make big money. The cosmetics got very low glance value you can def there's a lot of units now in the game unless you know what their spell looks like or even though well, actually some kind of that exchange what spells looks like unless you know who you're going up against and you can and you would know what cosmetics they have it can be honestly sometimes rough to see who someone is when they're just walking towards you so that's honestly a, a concern for not immediately because i don't think they'll have cosmetics that are highly changing glance value like, there's not going to be a Deathwing suit for Hogger immediately. But down the line, that could be a valid concern, especially if they go into heavy meme territory like, you know, Deathlord Janna or some of the sillier cosmetics in, like, Heroes of the Storm. So that's a, a concern, but I'd rather be sad because, you know, Baron is riding, you know, a pig and you can't really tell who he is immediately, then the entire game go pay to win and everyone quit playing. So in my opinion, the only thing that is really pay to win in the game is that you, you have to spend those $20 in the Arclight booster because you have no chance to compete in PvE if you don't buy that. Because if you only if you're trying to go for like World First or Nixia Kill or anything like that, you will not be able to be world first if you don't buy that Arclight booster it will be impossible because of the amount of golden XP that you will be behind the other players but you can clearly easily beat all the PvE campaign and Onyxia without spending a penny in the game if you are just willing to wait a few more weeks like let's say um, let's bring Fieldsy here but it's pretty much any of us but let's bring Fieldsy because he's like currently the the highest standard in terms of perception of a, a, a achieving player in the game. Fieldsy can be free to... He can come in, never spend even one cent in the game. And he will be in the 90% percentile easily in terms of clearing all PvE content in the game. And very likely he will be on the top 1% of PvP players in the world without spending one one cent in the game and i'm talking even not buying arclight booster and this is how currently uh, free to play the game is the valor currency which is uh it's it's boosts massively the the power of your decks is completely free to play there is no way to to obtain valor by spending any real money currency in the shop so I don't see many games out there that have currencies that are 100% only obtain, obtainable in-game in terms of mobile, mobile gaming. PvP is the most friendly, uh, free-to-play friendly PvP I have seen because literally you can you can be absolutely you cannot even you don't even need to buy ArcLight Booster. You can literally just come in, never spend a penny, and you can be the top-ranked PvP player in the world. You just need to get one or two decks where you invent, invest all your resources in, if you plan in advance and do your research. And if you have like a, a stable of 
10 11 units that you can rotate like things like banshees goblins sappers niche units to get you some specific pvp wins depending on what's happening with the meta you can be easily the best pvp player in the world without spending any money so currently if they maintain the system the only drawbacks you have is you will not be a world first in onyxia if you don't spend any money it will take you longer to finish the 65 skulls pv campaign and it will take you longer to have a wider collection of minis apart from this three and you probably gonna have a couple of homeless uh, developers if nobody spends a penny in the game apart from this there are no other drawbacks in my eyes from not spending any money at all in the game so i hope they go like you guys said through a cosmetic route they need to get paid let's be honest it's it's a job no, they, they are not doing this for charity they have kids they have uh, they have mortgages they have uh, they, they have the responsibilities it will be really really unreasonable to expect the game to be absolutely free to play to everyone the most fun game ever and with 100% equality across the board this is unreasonable it's a business in the end of the day but as businesses go and as mentioned there earlier by the other guys in the podcast with the current track record of the reputation of the company i'm extremely impressed with the current situation of the game in monetization is it going to change i don't think so but we never know you know at at this stage of my life i never trust anyone 100 percent so <laughs> you know how it is no that makes sense you know, like i said at the end of the day this is still you know a business and believe it or not unless it's you know a tax exempt non-profit they need to make money to continue existing and you know games make money game gamers have money we buy things i was just thinking um so the what the arc like booster is twenty dollars and then the packs vary from the zone packs that you can get vary from about 10 to 20 dollars as well i think the the initial pack you buy is less than 10 dollars is like yeah. five dollars so say, like say average of about 12 across all of them maybe a little bit more yeah, yeah i and think that'll be fair yeah. yeah so i was just thinking of comparing it to like world of warcraft so you got an expansion coming out dragonflight soon which is 60 dollars us and then on top of that you got your 15 dollar. i think it's 15 dollars us a month isn't it the sub yeah the sub mm -hmm. yeah for i think what 14.99 probably yeah so if you buy the arc like booster and probably three of the early packs that's your expansion cost and then there's how many more zones after that for packs but it's probably you know works out to be the expansion costs in about a year sub for world of warcraft roughly so and then you look at the development team size to world of warcraft to development team size of warcraft arc light rumble and it definitely is probably going to make them more money no that makes sense so basically, Gora, you played for you have better for quite a while, right? Yeah. Um, let me ask you something. If you if you had better again and you knew what you knew, know today because you researched with all the streams, podcasts, Discord posts, so on and so forth, there is enough information out there for a keen player to know as much about the game as we do because we don't hide anything, any bit of knowledge we have about the game. It's out there in uh, YouTube videos, streams, whatever, podcasts. Um, if you could start the game again and you didn't spend any money in the game apart from Arclight Booster, which is $20, yeah? which is... I know that we are all in different financial stages in our life, but $20 is extremely low cost if you, if you go intend to play this game for years to come, right? So, if you focus your knowledge in a specific decks to uh, targeting PvE and PvP, would you ha would you need it, to have needed to buy anything apart from ArcLight Booster to have the deck at the exact same level you have right now? Would it made any actual impact in your progress if you didn't spend anything apart from ArcLight Booster? The 
only difference would be is you'd have less minis potentially so you, that would mean your player level is a little lower and so you get a little bit less XP but I think it's only one XP per level for baseline green quests and two for PvP or three for PvP um, so it's not too different and that's the sort of soft cap is player level 40 which you sort of hit around the time that you unlock all your minis and you'd definitely be able to unlock all the minis pretty quick if you have a core team that you can unlock and you only buy the talents for your core team so I don't see I would be anywhere different if I focused all my XP into my core team more and then just you bought the other minis to just boost your player level higher and then with your core team that's good in PvP and PvP you should be winning at least 50% of your PvP matches so your XP gains your XP rate should be pretty good PvP though is the only way you can really force XP into your team if you're winning you know the, the, the yes, quests currently. are yeah, well, the quests are targeted in, like, the XP tomes you buy in the store. Just, you know, from your weekly gold you can earn yourself. It's still random who it goes to. So targeted gains right now are very difficult. So sometimes having a smaller collection is actually beneficial if you're really pushing that deck to for raids and Onyxia and stuff like that. So it's... sometimes having more gold, is it could be even affecting your strategy depending on what you want to do. You have a small focused team and then you just like you're pumping xp into a, um, into a focused units so you can even do your quests your pve quests and you're more than likely to have one unit out of the three selections that is from your core team or your core selection of minis across uh, multiple teams where you can mix and match like a tank from say footman which is four units to Abomination, which is one large tank unit, you know, for different scenarios where you need to spread the damage out across more units and have it all focused into one, things like that. So I think we came up sort of with a list of uh, 17 minis, including five different leaders. So it gives you 12 minis to pick from. And from that number, you do seem to get a quest for at least one of those core members each time and then later on once you progress through the game to probably about 45 50 skulls you sort of see your xp rate dropping down quite a lot compared to the xp for your core minis to level up and that sort of seems to be the soft cap when you go narrow uh, if you go wide and collect all the minis off the bat and then focus on creating talents later on I'd say you probably get to the same point roughly the same and I'd say that going wide is probably worse overall because you it's a lot harder to uh, get the talents you want for the minis you want to play. So, yeah, it's difficult to say. I think the optimal way so far is to um, have a look at what minis you would like to use. Um, select them, about 12, and then five of your faction leaders. Get the talents you need and then start collecting the rest of the minis to increase your player level um and we'll have to see how they change where you get your xp from in the future patches before release because that might change your strategy i think it's sort of a you don't want to go because if you go narrow and you have say your 12 minis and your currently the shop has no bad luck protection in it so you uh you may not see a few of your core minis show up for a few weeks so what do you do do you sit there waiting for them and stagnating sort of or 
do you just start buying minis and you know then you run into talent bloat coming through the shop i think this is where the game gets you is when when you do not have the discipline to just be patient for a bit longer to actually target those minis that you made in your plan in advance so this is where the game punish you for being impatient and this is when it becomes more towards the pay to win side is when you are uh, trying to spend um, real money by buying gold which is by the way is limited at 2100 a week currently to to get that uh, shop refreshed uh, quickly to target those uh, those units but as Gora said there if you are have the luck and the patience to target that core of 10 12 units since the units cost all the same if you do that you can very well you can do great as a free to play because it, the game provides you enough gold to target those core units and the talents and you will have no problem to buy them you only you only start to struggle if you have limited amount of gold and start to spend it mindlessly to refresh the shop buying things you don't need like sometimes just being a little bit patient and savvy with the recombobulations of the shop when you when it re refreshes just be savvy about it sometimes you might have to spend 10 gold just to move something and it, it stops you from having to spend 350 gold or 400 or even 500 if it's talent yeah. so Trixie what what about you do you do you think that if you started the game again, would any target a specific deck for PvE, PvP? Do you think it will have made a massive difference if you are spending real currency in the, in that 2,100 gold a week? Or do you think you would have done uh, as well or almost as well if you just bought the Arclight booster and knew what you were doing? If I knew what I was doing, I definitely would have done a lot better. I, I made... The big mistake I made when starting was I got two of my first basically wall and I'm like, okay, well, I need more units or I need different units. So I spent all my gold refreshing the shop, buying units that were worthless. And then my levels from the tomes got spread on the units that I wasn't using. So it just super badly just got me stuck in a rut. And I essentially had literally for the next several walls, I just had to wait for the weekly tome reset and use that to essentially get enough XP on units I was using to be able to get over it to then continue. So yeah, going in with different knowledge, getting that, I could probably not have to buy near as much, but it would still just be slightly slower. There's definitely a good argument to make for the speed of the progression just from even minor purchases so gora if i had i'll i'll give my scores as well after by the way so gora if i had to ask you currently how free from one to ten how free to play is the game in your opinion for pvp and for pve uh currently there's nothing stopping you from doing both completely free to play uh, it's just the arc like booster is definitely a time saver and then the other purchases are just more time saving on top of that but the arc like booster is definitely the overall the best bang for your buck it's 50% extra gold 20% extra extra xp so even if you just take the xp into account you're just going to level 20% faster so okay so how so 1 to 10 how PV and PV friendly is the game currently with and without buying the Arclight booster? It's hard to put a 1 to 10 on this because everyone's <laughs> going to value their time differently. So True. if you have all the free time in the world, it's 10 out of 10. You don't have to spend a dime on the game. If you're very limited on your time, and which this game I think will definitely be towards very time limited people but they still want to play a fun game which this is turning out to be then you know they can spend all the money in the game and buy every single pack and buy the gold every week and they'll still have a 10 out of 10 experience in that regard if they're time poor but uh, you know have disposable income okay 
Trixie, what? How do you rate currently PvE and PvP based on buying the Arclight booster or not buying the Arclight booster? In I'm gonna weirdly. Play. Play. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. In terms of free to play, I just wanted to add in the end. In terms of free to play, I'm gonna actually put PvP honestly at an eight. Just in the current state, there's not a ton you can really f buy your way through. For PvE though, just with all the uh, issues with hitting several walls and just time sinks i'm gonna think give it a six just in its current state obviously which can change at any second in my opinion pvp currently if you buy the arc light booster from this moment on it is a 10 out of 10 in terms of uh, free to play because you don't have to spend anything else if you intend to not buy the arc light booster is like a nine out of ten because you will still get there to get that really, really good PvP deck. It just takes maybe a week or two longer, something like that, before you achieve it and buy and get the talents. In terms of PvE, from the moment on that you buy the Arclight booster, it's probably an 8.5 out of 10 in terms of free-to-play friendliness. If you cannot afford the Arclight booster and you have to play without those bonuses, it's probably a 4 out of 10 in terms of PvE because you will definitely not be able to compete in in uh, PvE achievements in terms of being first at this or first at that. You will have, even, even the best players in the game will have a extremely hard time to be competitive without in PvE without the Arclight booster. They will be able to clear all the content? Yes, they will, 100%. Can they be in the race for finishing the PvE campaign first and on Onyxia? No chance. And also maybe we could lightly touch on refunds if for some reason they make massive uh, changes on a unit, if they should be refunding the gold to players or not, if there was an option to. Because if gold is so limited, especially if you are free to play, it will suck if now they go and say, oh actually, uh, the guard dog's talent now only does 10% more damage near towers. That would be like, whoa, I just spent 500 gold for a talent that gives 50% extra damage. And now they make it 10. Like, that's not right. So do you think players should get this gold back? What's your opinion on that? I would like to say an option. I think this would be more definitely more of an issue for people that aren't spending money. And an issue for everyone... Uh, when they start playing, like, uh, either on release and you start playing day one, or say you start playing six months in, and a month after you start playing, there's a change. It's going to affect you definitely more early into your journey through the game, where gold is definitely more limited. Eventually it won't be an issue because you have everything unlocked, but yeah, they also did, I do remember Dev saying that they do want to limit radical changes like that happened to the meat wagon talent where every attack would spawn a skeleton that was just extremely strong and they changed it so one attack does damage and then the second attack spawns a skeleton and that basically turned the talent from being the best into the one of the worst i think in my opinion i think the others will agree on this and they stated after that that they don't want to make such radical changes later on that's sort of what the bait is for here it was raised the question of should there be a gold refund or not and i think yes otherwise it would just leave a sour taste in your mouth if you bought something and then a week later it changes on you like that will just feel bad all around it'll still feel bad but if you get a you have the gold refunded for it you'd be like ah oh, well at least i can pick something else now so there's kind of two ways they could also go about that and you can you know look at other things, for examples, like Hearthstone, it's been a while since I played, but I think when a card is changed, even not even nerfed, changed, you have an option to you know disenchant it for its full value. So you essentially get you lose the card, but you still get the value back. So you can go you know craft a new card. Um, obviously, this isn't a collectible game to the extent of that where you. You know, we only have so many units where Hearthstone has just south of a trillion cards. 
then you have other games. I think League has X amount of refunds over your life. But that's a little different territory since new things can cost a lot more. Right now we're in a weird spot where all the units and talents have pretty much the same cost. If they start bringing in, you know, oh, here's our, you know, this is down the line. Oh, it's our next patch. Here comes Arthas. He is 800 gold or 1800 gold compared to the 500 gold the old leaders used to be. Or the, the was it, 350 for units. At that point, if you refund it, do you get the full value of Arthas? Or is it, you know, over time, are they going to reduce the cost of leaders? So yeah, refunds are definitely nice for nerfs and changes, but there's has to be some middle ground so it's not abused in a way that can increase someone's how quick they're going through the campaign. Where they're like, oh, I'm going to buy this unit, beat this one level. This unit is, you know, we've crunched the numbers, done the math, we will never use this unit again, refund it, and just speed through. There's an argument for that as well, but it's definitely a weird middle ground that's if they do refunds, there's only a couple routes they can really do before it gets a mix of either abusable or just frustrating because you have to use it. Not have to use it, I want to say, but, you know, players are going to find the most optimized way to do something even if it's not fun. And there's a lot of us like, I don't want to do this, but to get to the end game quicker, I have to do this very unfun, boring thing. And that'll just push, you know, people off to not want to play it even more. Maybe I have a simplistic view, but I just believe that um, any talent or unit power that is changed in the patch notes, I think there should be an opportunity to get the gold back. You could click, let's say they could give you a 72 hour period or something after the content and the uh, patch ends. You could click on it and get a refund of the 500 gold and lose the talent or or 350 for the unit. As Gora said earlier, these kind of things are supposed to be sorted in beta, so hope if uh, if they are ch making changes after the units are already in-game live, then I think it's only fair if they refund the players. Because in the, in, in the end, it's their fault. Because they are the ones that didn't balance the units or talents correctly. And then they are subjecting the players to changes. First of all, it's even unfair, <laughs> because maybe maybe you already spend it a necessary time and experience leveling a unit that will be changed and kind of destroy your strategy so you are not even being compensated probably for the experience and time and only for the gold so i think refunding the gold is probably not even enough of a thing what they should be doing back to the players but at least is some sort of compensation for it. Because you probably won't get that experience back that you spend on, on the unit. So yeah, in, in resume, my uh, opinion about free-to-play and um, about the current state of the monetization of the game is that currently is a very good model. Currently, there is no reason for people to be scared that the game is going to be predatory. It seems very balanced, especially in PvP. PvE you if you want to be the best of the best in the world probably probably you would be a bit aware that you might want to spend some money because it's hard to at least in the arc light booster it's kind of a bit of a contradiction to expect to be the best at something and don't invest resources in into achieving it since this is a business in the end of the day for what it is i think is very friendly and in terms of the future, I really, really have a gut feeling they will keep it like this. Because there is only so so much bad reputation a company can have. For what I've seen in this team, I know they are not the ones that make decisions, but for what I've seen, I think they are trustworthy people. And I don't think they want... Let, let's be honest, this game is not the most popular game out there. There was a lot of bad feedback from the game, right? This is not Diablo. You cannot expect Arclight Rumble has no funds. This is all about the, the Warcraft universe. So Diablo had funds of decades. So they are willing to be milked to death because they, they, they will be milked gladly because they are so passionate about the Diablo franchise and identification with what's happening there. Arclight Rumble, in a way, people are saying, you know what, I'll give it a go. Let, let's see how it goes. Maybe I get some free time and I'll play.
place a mark like Rumble, we'll see. If they start to be too greedy, they will end up with zero players. And that's the reality. People will, will be nowhere as patient with Arclight Rumble as they will be with other Warcraft Universe titles. So basically, if they want to start to become greedy and change what they have right now, you know what's gonna happen? The game is gonna fail. And they will be playing with themselves in the office. And that's the reality. What do you think, Trixie? I, I really can't disagree with you. This is one of those decisions that they're going to have to make. Do they want to attempt another Diablo Immortal? Or do they want to go for the long distance in this game? I really think the best way for them to do this is if they can keep the monetization now. Obviously, like we said, it's a business. If we get enough players excited for the game and then you know this releases with a large number the current monetization model could easily be sustainable it obviously player count pending it may be adjusted up slightly if they're not meeting their yearly bookings but they also have the cash mine of cosmetics that could easily or not easily i don't i'll truly know the numbers but hopefully could encourage them to put more into cosmetics as the monetization aspect or something that's not directly tied to the game breaking itself like breaking you know how getting through the campaign quicker getting your everything quicker buying gold quicker even if it's just even maybe adding an announcer at some point that's again just more cosmetics but i really do agree with you that this is going to be what truly makes or breaks the game and you would think, obviously we're not businesses, but you would want to keep your game floating and alive because a dead game makes no money. No matter how hard you try, you can't get blood from a stone. What do you think, Gora? Uh, well, I think it's... I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I think Diablo Immortal has made him a lot of money, even with all the bad press and everything. And I think that sort of comes down to people that consume content that like we make and other youtubers and twitch streamers do around games and gaming gaming news gaming companies we're a small percentage compared to the amount of people that just play games and don't consume content outside of the game that they play uh, in other forms of media and they could make this game pay to win and i think it would survive quite well still because it will just pop up on the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, people will be like, oh, what's this? And then they might chuck a few bucks in and play, and then that will, you know, they might come in, play for a few months, drop out, and then you have your people uh, that provide majority of the funding, you know, is a term called whales. They will just drop ridiculous amounts, like, You've seen some of the plays for Double Immortal, you know, $100,000 and things like that. And you're thinking, mm, gosh, that's like a deposit for a house. <laughs> that's how I see it. But, you know, if they've got that much cash to burn on Selink that they want to. Well, you know, that's they can do what they like with their own money. So that's definitely something I wouldn't want to do. I think that they could turn it to a pay to win and the game would still be successful. I just don't think it, would, it wouldn't be successful within our small group of people where we consume media outside of the games that we play i guess it's also i don't know how well diablo Immortal's doing at this day but could it be a situation do they want to make obviously these numbers are way under what they're gonna make this is just for quick quick numbers but do they want to release with the the big monetization and get you know a million dollars today or have a game that's successful and have 10 million dollars over a year essentially do they need are they trying to just you know do a pump and dump or make this something that's healthy for the long term what is the most successful game that blizzard ever made probably starcraft or warcraft depends on how you want to look at it but i can't imagine it'd be something different and that's the world of warcraft let's say that's the game that made them the most money ever right I'm guessing so. probably is the game pay to win yes <laughs> Was the game pay to win at this peak? No, not yeah. in Wrath of Lich King. No, it's it's on life support right now, honestly. <laughs> so at this peak, the game was not pay to win. And probably this is the time where 
the game was making the most profit when you do the ratio of uh, expenses versus uh, what com comes in and what comes out, right? So I would I would say that, yeah. So what changed? Why did these companies deviate from something that worked, which was let's make a good product and charge a sensible cost for it and do not milk people and invest in fun and hope that loyalty will pay over a long term. So what changed? That's what they should do with Arclight Rumble. Let's get a good product out, out there. They Even if they charge a game pass of uh, $5 a month, right? But then every single player has the same ability to, to compete. And the ones that don't uh, pay the $5, they are not too far behind. They are just a little bit behind. Or the difference is cosmetics and maybe some quality of life, something like that. Just keep it simple. The funny thing is, for like at least for the WoW aspect, I ironically don't think it being pay to win was on purpose. Did you did you, did you play WoW when they introduced tokens at all, Spanner or Gora? Yeah, I did. I play since uh, Rough as well. So yeah, I think maybe you know it's been so many years when at the end of WAD they introduced the tokens because the idea was to combat the gold inflation. And then it was to an extent to combat the people purchasing gold through the third party sites. It, I think it accidentally ended up being pun aside, a gold mine for blizzard. It had a good intention originally, but it kind of spiraled out of control. And then they realized this just makes too much money to remove. I think we we see a lot of games nowadays are designed by the financial department, not the game devs. And then the financial department hires psychologists and people like that to make the game predatory. So I think that's where, and that's all shareholder driven because profits have to always go up. Every year has to be bigger than the last. I think that's where the indie scene has come on really strong with um, gamers. You know, it's still small, but it's growing. But they come along, might be a team of like one person or five, and they make a good game. They make a great game. You pay 20 bucks on Steam, say, for early access, you just can play it. Or you can go and play Diablo Immortal and drop like 100,000 on it. I think it's just up to each individual person to choose where they want to spend their time and their money in what game. And currently War is a game that I do want to spend my time in and hoping that it stays that way. Uh, so just idea for Blizzard to do like uh, War more publicly known. If their other franchisee players don't already know, they do recently did one where if you play a Death Knight through the Death Knight starting experience in Wrath of the Lich King Classic, you get a mount in world of warcraft live and it's a drake proto drake sort of mount i think you can fly mm -hmm. now and also using dragonflight which i think maybe has the dragonflight riding skill attached to it coming in the next expansion so that was a way that you can that they were trying to get players to play both games which is quite good maybe they could do something with like war where you get to 30 skulls where talents unlock or something can unlock your first talent and then you can get something for world of warcraft like that would be pretty cool maybe mm. get a little pet um of like one of the minis from the game i know one that will make people play get four whelp pets following you <laughs> that would actually be good that would tie into dragonflight expansion really good you get like yeah and and they I... just if you stop and stand still for a few seconds they could just like fall asleep on the ground or and then when I'm you sure. summon them out they um come out in their little egg and then when you move they hatch i'm sure they'll do okay. something because like when hearthstone released there was something in in warcraft like get to level 20 with a new character and you get a hero and heroes of the storm so like there's gonna be cross promotion <laughs> there's the, that's just a blizzard thing at this point yeah that would be pretty cool Hopefully. Yeah, but to be fair, so far I didn't really see a lot of uh, hype or investment like in the game. There is barely any. There is barely. I know it's beta, but there is barely any marketing or anything like that. Let's hope. We'll see. Maybe they are <laughs> saving the energy for later when it matters more. I guess. 
Yeah, I was just, like, I mean, if you saw about uh, the war and uh, were like, oh, I want to play that, it's like, oh, it's in beta. Oh, it's a closed beta. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, like, the announcement of the game coming out, then it's like, we're actually a super closed beta, even though this release seemed like it was coming out tomorrow, really halted some breaks. Uh, I was checking some people, some tweets the other day, and I, there were people saying, oh, I forgot about the game. <laughs> they, after the, they, they even forgot about the game after the announcement because there was nothing else after it. Yeah. I mean, just add it as a pop-up on the Battle.net launcher when it releases, and everyone that uses that to play HOTS, Warcraft, uh, Starcraft, Diablo will see it. Okay, so that's pretty much it for the end of episode 11. Just running over a few things again and having a good old chit-chat about things. Uh, hopefully we'll have some more news soon and the next uh, raid, up the raid update that's coming will be soon. So we have something real juicy to sink our teeth into for a few episodes. Thank you for Spanner and Trixie making time out of their day again to come along. And hope everyone got something out of this episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And we'll see you around. Thank you for coming. Super fun as always. Always glad to be here. And then who knows when the next patch will come, but super excited for it. Uh, definitely have a good weekend, everyone. Yeah, same for me. Thanks everyone for listening to this podcast. And uh, make sure you support people out there, you know, giving give them some uh, interactions, uh, some likes, some comments on the older content creators in the game. Because they are trying to keep the hype and the information about the game alive. Thank you for everyone in the guild. You guys are amazing, doing a great job. And uh, that's it. Gora, last word. Thank you and see you next week. Created on the 8th of May 2022, the Guild Prisoners of War is a force in the Arc-like Rumble community. We have a solid structure in place, with the roles of Chieftains, Taskmasters, Elders, and Wolf Riders. Our Discord is always active and our members are friendly, competitive, and knowledgeable. We will always challenge ourselves to compete in all content types in the game. If you think you got what it takes to be one of us, apply to our Guild today. All the information you need is available in this episode or in the general podcast descriptions. We are looking forward to having you with us on the battlefield.